Welcome to episode 143 of Behind the Mission, a show that sparks conversations with Sacrament trusted partners and educational experts. My name is Dwayne France, and each week I'll be having conversations with podcast guests that will equip you with tools and resources to effectively engage with and support military service members, veterans, and their families. You can find the show on all the podcast players by going to sycomer.org forward slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us on Behind the Mission. Our work and mission are supported by generous partnerships and sponsors who also believe that education changes lives. Our sponsor this week is PsychArmor, the premier education and learning ecosystem specializing in military culture content. PsychArmor offers an online e-learning laboratory that's free to individual learners, as well as custom training options for organizations. On today's episode, I'm having a conversation with Betsy Mercado, the co-founder and CEO of the Objective Zero Foundation, a wellness technology organization that's connecting the military community to mental health and wellness resources and to a network of peer and civilian supporters to prevent suicide through the Objective Zero app. Note, this episode contains discussions about suicide, suicidal ideation, and the impact of suicide loss, and other potentially emotionally disturbing subjects. We want to ensure that you are able to engage in this content in a manner that's safe for you. And it cannot be said often enough, if you or a loved one is experiencing distress in a potential suicidal crisis, reach out for help. Dial 988 and press 1 for the Veteran Crisis Line or go to VeteranCrisisLine.net to text or chat. You can find out more about Betsy by checking out her bio on our show notes. Let's get into my conversation with her and come back afterwards to talk about some of the key points. Betsy, so glad to be able to share the work that you do with Objective Zero, but also a bit bummed that it took us 150 episodes to get you on the show. I think that's a testament to how busy things have been for you and your team lately. But before we get into what Objective Zero is and what you're doing, I'd like to provide you an opportunity to share a bit about yourself, your family, and why this work, suicide prevention, is so important to you. Thank you so much, Dwayne. It's great to connect with you. It's been way too long. I've been a military spouse now for over 20 years. My husband, Chris, is active duty Army, and we really have been connected with the issue of suicide and suicide prevention. I think my story, my connection to suicide starts to when I was in high school. I lost a classmate, and then I think in that same year, my junior year, we lost five of our classmates to suicide. And I thought this was a problem that only young people face, that kind of we grow out of it. With my husband being in the infantry, we've seen a lot of loss in combat. We've actually seen more to suicide. And that, for me, has been um, just, just an absolute wake-up call that we're losing more people in our lives to, to suicide than to combat. Any loss is tragic, but I feel like on the suicide prevention side, that's something I can do. And so that was why it was really important for me to get involved. Yeah, I think, and you talk about that 20-year time frame. It's been a long time. My wife and I have been married for over 20 years ourselves. And we're really like looking like the early 2000s. And that was the beginning of the global war on terror. So now we've had sort of this 20-year span of combat. And as you've said, all of us who've served have a number, and the number is how many people we've lost to suicide. In Objective Zero, as it was founded, it was as a result of supporting a fellow service member who was in crisis. It was. So in 2014, one of my fellow co-founders, Justin Miller, was struggling with his own transition out of the military. And my husband, Chris, saw over social media that Justin was struggling. Chris called Justin. You know, he knew to ask, are you thinking about suicide? And Justin said, you know, had my weapon been loaded the night before, we wouldn't be having this conversation. 
that phone call between Chris and Justin really sparked the idea of how important the simple act of listening is that you don't need to necessarily be a mental health professional in order to listen to someone and get them connected to a resource or, or just be there. And so for us, it was wondering how can we take that call between Chris and Justin and replicate it at scale? And that's where technology really came into play is Technology really allows us to reach people where they are. And so we're able to connect people that maybe otherwise wouldn't get that support. Maybe they're in rural areas, maybe they're either deployed overseas, stationed overseas. And so for us, technology has been that really great connective tool to supporting the military and veteran community. I think that technology is really a way to leverage the common bond, right? You know, Chris and Justin knew each other. But even thinking about that, again, 2014, it's about 10 years ago, that might not have happened in 2004 because we weren't at the place, I think, in the military at that time. I was in the military at that time. Chris was. That's not a conversation that might have happened in 2004, but we started to lose so many of our fellow veterans, our service members in that time that one, Chris knew to ask that question. Two, Justin was comfortable enough to answer honestly. And I think that's really the magic is that service members and veterans and others, peers, military spouses, and those that have military culture connection have that, I don't know, legitimacy to be able to reach out and support other veterans and service members. For us, we've seen that it really is a shortcut to trust. When you've been able to connect with someone that's been where you've been, seen what you've seen and done what you've done, you know, that, that common bond is already there. Within the Objective Zero app, we're seeing these naturally organic conversations. And within a few minutes, people are opening up and being vulnerable and sharing really what's going on. And so that that technology aspect also allows people to be be vulnerable and open. And I think maybe in a face-to-face conversation, that might not always be the case. Yeah. And I appreciate that. As you know, and as, as you sort of alluded to, been a supporter of Objective Zero for a long time, been around for about six or seven years, I think. Um, And in that time, you've built this strong network of trained peer ambassadors. You talked a little bit about the technology, the app. Maybe you can describe what Objective Zero is and how you work towards eliminating suicide in the military and veteran population. The Objective Zero app is available on the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store, and it's a free to download, free to use. And we're connecting service members, veterans, their families and caregivers to truly a global network of peer support through text, voice, and video chat. I think one of the things that really makes Objective Zero special is that our filtering option. When you call a crisis hotline or text line, you get whoever is on the other end of the line. And with Objective Zero, you can filter through our network to find someone that's most like you. That could be your age, your gender, your location, your branch of service, the language that you speak, where you've deployed to, what your job is in the military, um, really to build those meaningful connections. And I think that really sets us apart from some of the other services out there. And so this is, and it's always interesting, Objective Zero is a crisis support organization, and it's also a technology organization. You are a really, maybe it's social tech in in how that is set up, but it's this idea, it is an app-based platform. Basically, if I'm in a new city and I want to go find a book, I will Google bookstores near me and then bookstores will pop up. And if I want to say I, I don't want the college bookstore, I'll filter that out. That's, but that's basically the technology that you have, only the technology is they're finding other people who have said, I want to help people who are in crisis. And that's how they'll filter and find somebody to be able to talk to 
the way Chris and Justin did. Exactly. And we know that people have their own preference on communicating. So right now we're seeing a huge spike in text. Last year, it was tons of phone calls, less video chats, but it kind of ebbs and flows, but it's based on what you're comfortable with. I think more people, when they're texting, they're, they're much more open um, and honest about what's going on. Have that, that judgment there because the person on the other end of that line wants to be there. Most often they've been in the same places, have experienced some of the same things. And one of the other great things is when you're connecting with a peer, you can talk to someone that, you know, maybe has had the same challenges and share what works for them. You know, those stories of hope, sharing of resources, um, getting people connected to the VA or, you know, another, another organization. It's really important for us because we may not be that catch-all for someone that needs mental health support, but we can get them connected to Headstrong or Cohen Veterans Network or the VA, you know, whatever resources available in their location. And most people are often... They're taking those resources and utilizing them and leveraging them, which is just as important. So someone who is struggling or just wants to be connected, connectedness is key to be able to really do a lot of this. It, one of the key factors in suicide prevention is ensuring that we're connected to other people and we're sharing our burdens and it, like you said, receiving some of those resources. So someone's in crisis, they go on the Objective Zero app, and then they plug into a network of peer support specialists. And I even say, I, I usually describe it as trained peer support specialists. You don't, like, I don't just show up one day, register, and then pop, I'm on there. You actually have a program where you actually train the peer ambassadors before you start to provide them as opportunities to engage with people that are wanting to connect. We do. And actually, Psych Armor Institute has been just a phenomenal partner in that. We do all of our training online to the Psych Armor platform. We take some of the courses that they're already existing, and we've actually built some additional courses um, based on some of the feedback through our program evaluations. So we're building active listening skills and making sure that our volunteers are also taking care of themselves. So not only are they taking um, what they're learning with maybe same training and recognizing the signs and symptoms that a loved one a peer, um, a stranger might be struggling, but also making sure that they're taking care of themselves um, in the midst of volunteering. So, and there's, that is another unique thing. And you talked about that shortcut to trust between two service members, but also you've invested a lot into building the trust of Objective Zero, being someone that has trained peers, but you've also worked with the CDC Foundation to evaluate your program overall to continually improve, to be able to say that we are doing what we're saying that we're trying to do. Exactly. And that's always been something that's very important to us. And the CDC has a wonderful uh, program called the Veteran Suicide Evaluation Project, the BESPI, that we were able to work with the CDC and their experts for three years and really build the capacity for our small team to continue evaluating. And so we're constantly finding new ways to survey and keep up to date and research to make sure that we're providing not only evidence-based and informed tools and training within the app, but also taking the feedback of those that are using the app as a community member or someone that's our volunteer so we can improve our training and improve our resources. We often get asked, how many lives have you saved? You know, it's such a hard number to quantify. I don't know how many lives we've saved. I don't know how many people we've prevented from dying by suicide. However, I can tell you, that we have increased the awareness of suicide. We've increased the belief that the resources that we provide within the app work, that peer connection works, that there's an increase in social connectedness because of someone leveraging the Objective Zero app. And so that's something that we will continue to do well into the future. But it really was because we had the opportunity within the CDC 
to get that knowledge and experience to implement. And I think that, again, gives Objective Zero and your platform the legitimacy to say, this is something that can be trusted. It, we evaluate it. It's consistently reviewed to ensure that, that it's working based off of what we're measuring. And then you've also, I think, had the opportunity to engage with some tech partners to really improve or build upon sort of the tech side of the work that you're doing. We were in this really unique kind of circle of mental health, veteran space, and then also technology. And so we're able to tap into the tech space, tech nonprofit accelerators that have been super, super helpful for us. So we're able to in the past, we've been able to connect with Silicon Valley, with Google, with Twilio, um, the Taproot Foundation to get additional feedback on how we can improve the app and have that mentorship as well. You know, using tech for good is really important to us. So, you know, how do we take, you know, what Facebook and Twitter and some of these other tech platforms are doing and how do we use that technology for good? But I think that also bleeds into now these organizations that may not be necessarily supporting veterans broadly or even really specifically veteran mental health or suicide prevention, now through Objective Zero, they're being engaged in this broader conversation and being aware of this broader conversation of how important, A, how important it is, and B, how technology can be used to support. Exactly. And a lot of these big tech companies have veteran resource groups. And so we've been able to go in and provide the training um, and just share the, the issue that the veteran military community faces and being able to onboard even more volunteers that are trained. Um, through our program evaluation, we actually learned that people are not just using their training within the Objective Zero app to support peers. They're actually taking that into their communities. They're recognizing the signs that their loved ones are struggling, that their coworkers are struggling, and in some cases, even complete strangers. They're able to recognize the signs that someone's struggling and to start that conversation and get people connected, you know, face to face, which was not something that we ever anticipated happening, but just as important that people are taking that, that education and that training. Um, so our impact is actually much greater than we probably will ever know because people are more aware of what to look for. I think this is something that is seen and I want to say, I initially started to say in veteran sports space, but maybe social support space in general is if we can provide solutions for this, A, highly identifiable, but also treatment resistant population, if we can find solutions for this population, the military and veteran population, and then we can apply that to the community at large. We see that in housing programs, if, how veterans are resourced. If we're able to get uh, better resources and get them connected to support, well, then we can apply that to other populations. So it's very encouraging to hear that that's one of the things that is emerging out of this. And I think it's not a surprise for those of us in the space, um, but it does. it's probably a surprise for a lot of the peers. You've mentioned that mental health, right? And you're in mental health and suicide prevention but I think one of the valuable things that I've always known about Objective Zero is you're not a mental health platform. You alluded to that earlier. You're not providing clinical support, but you are clinically informed. That's really important when we're talking about this kind of topic is having clinical people advising you, supporting you to be able to say for the safety of the peers, safety of the people in your network, it, maybe it's mental health with a small M. You're, you're not providing professional therapy, but you are in the mental health space. We are. We really see Objective Zero as an upstream solution, an upstream approach to suicide prevention. We really want to get people connected to peers before they're in that moment of crisis. And what we're really seeing within connections within the app is 
people reaching out for support because they're dealing with financial issues. They're dealing with relationship issues. Uh, maybe they're that transition issue out of the military. They just don't know how to navigate it. And so for us, it's really important to get people connected before they hit that moment of crisis. And so it's not always that mental health issue. It's not always post-traumatic stress that someone's dealing with and they're reaching out for that. It's, hey, you know, I'm getting out of the military. I really want to connect with someone that's in that space and get that conversation started. And the upstream approach, I think, is so important to the discussion about suicide prevention and also just thinking about that it's not always that mental health issue. A lot of the issues snowball, you know, you maybe you lose your job or you have financial issues and then that real um, kind of snowballs into, and now I'm having issues with my partner and that's, you know, then now you're facing food insecurity or housing insecurity. And so if we can tackle these problems before they really get to a big problem and tackle the small problems, I think we're going to see huge reductions in suicide in the future because we're addressing the problems before the, the big problems. And I think, again, that's the idea of if you have an ambassador who is talking to somebody who is has a financial problem and then talks a little bit more and say they're struggling with employment and they find a couple of things, your ambassadors also know that these are precursors. And if we don't address them, it could end up in the crisis. Someone told me one time is a dozen things have to go wrong, so to speak, for someone to get to a place where suicide to self-harm is an option for them. But then maybe we only need to make sure that one more of those things goes right. We just need to make sure that that straw doesn't hit the camel's back. And I think that's one of the things that you know that you're helping people get connected to employment if that's what their their thing is, and that's preventing suicide. Exactly. Just however we can create more barriers to someone seeking that final act of suicide, how do we mitigate these risk factors and that upstream approach, I think cannot be overstated and the importance of how important it is to get people connected before they're in crisis. And so when those small warning signs pop up and we're having these conversations with our loved ones, or with our peers, hey, I see you're struggling. What's going on? Tell me what's going on. And it's easy for someone just to connect another person to a resource. That's, that's a small thing that anyone can do. Like I said, you don't need to be a mental health professional, but oftentimes getting connected to that mental health professional is just as important. And we're doing both of those things, which is really great to see. I think another thing that I appreciate about Objective Zero is you're not limiting your ambassador. You're not saying that only combat veterans or only service members. You have people that can, anybody can sign up to be an ambassador, whether they're connected to the military or not. Um, but you mentioned before we started recording that you're really looking to bring more of this awareness and this training to the military spouse and veteran spouse population. As a military spouse myself, I learned early on with Objective Zero, we actually were just going to have the platform open to veterans and service members. I really pushed to make sure that we're also including our spouses and caregivers and family members because they're oftentimes the first and last lines of defense when it comes to preventing suicide. And as a someone that's been married for a very long time, I can tell when my husband is struggling, whether it's something with, related to the military and, and him for me, like if we're having a bad day, we can see it. And so... You know, if we're able to provide some of that same training on how to recognize the signs that someone's struggling, a loved one, um, and getting that in, within to our spouse network, you know, the training isn't there right now. Our the active mm -hmm. duty, they're getting what I think an hour a year in in for the army. It's ACE training, but as a spouse, I have to seek that training. It's not provided to me, and so we're trying to look at ways that we can you know, build the training and get that training into the hands of our spouses, both on the military side and the veteran spouse side. It's 
I think often overlooked how important the families are as part of the solution to the uh, issue of veteran suicide. I absolutely agree. Uh, when I was working as a clinician, I used to tell my clients, I said, we see each other one hour in the entire week. You and your partner see each other all of the rest of the hours, right? The family members, like you said, see, know, understand, they're living it. Where I, as a clinical mental health professional, yes, we can address some of this and, and we can work through it in the mental health space. But if they're not feeling, A, supported or connected or even comfortable or even able to talk to their their spouse about what's going on, or if the spouse has concerns about saying the wrong thing, then like you said, there's signs that could be missed that could lead to something tragic. Absolutely. And from the, the military spouse side, so many spouses are afraid of it. And the soldiers and service members themselves are, you know, if I seek help, what's going to happen? What are those next? Am I going to get out of the military? Am I going to lose my security clearance? And it's it's so rare nowadays that that's happening, but that stigma is still there. And so part of that training is also overcoming stigmas that are associated with seeking help, both as a service member and a spouse, because I'm currently living overseas and I know how many spouses are not getting support because they're afraid that well, if I go get mental health support, I'm suffering from depression, um, I'm on um, antidepressants, now I can't come with my, my service member overseas. Um, and it limits that, that the career of the service member. And so it's really making sure that people are not only taking care of their service member, but taking care of themselves and having that training and that knowledge base that, hey, it's okay to seek help. Um, these are the resources available to you, um, both for yourself and the service number. Yeah, I, I agree. I think um, the idea of everybody knows what 911 is for. Hopefully we're all learning what 988 is for, but really this idea of, of general population education, everybody learning CPR through the Red Cross, everybody learning these warning signs. And, and it's a little bit more difficult, obviously, with suicide because there are so many factors and so many that and someone can have all of the signs and never die by suicide. And some people can die by suicide. With, like it, it, there, it is very, very complicated not to try to make it simple. But organizations like Objective Zero are really doing a lot to be able to provide that education. So if people wanted to find out more, there is an app, there is a website. If they want to join, if they want to donate, um, if they, they want to support the work that you're doing, how can they do that? Anyone can go to our website at objectivezero.org. You can download the Objective Zero app from Google Play or the App Store. We're actually uh, finishing up beta testing. We're going to be releasing version 2.0, and we've started slowly releasing it. Um, that includes additional evidence-based informed tools and training to include a mood journal, a symptom tracker, and then some additional training that we work with the Psych Armor um, with our training portal as well. That's great. I'll make sure that the link to the website and both the app in the Google Play and the Apple App Store that are in the show notes. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much, Dwayne. It was great talking with you. Once again, we would like to thank this week's sponsor, PsychArmor. PsychArmor is the premier education and learning ecosystem specializing in military culture content. PsychArmor offers an online e-learning laboratory that's free to individual learners, as well as custom training options for organizations. And also, another reminder, there are resources that are available to those who are struggling and those who are struggling to support them. If you or a loved one are in distress, please reach out to 988 and press 1 to get the Veteran Crisis Line or visit VeteranCrisisLine.net to text or chat. As you likely gathered from our conversation, I've been connected in some small ways to Objective Zero for a number of years and have frequently highlighted them as a resource for those who are looking to support service member veteran and military family suicide. 
As a matter of fact, the day that I had this conversation with Betsy, I had two separate conversations with people who were asking about organizations who support military and veteran suicide, and I shared Objective Zero with them. I truly believe that the work that they're doing is a valuable addition to the overall suicide prevention work that's being done in communities across our country. One point that I would really like to bring up is the fact that Objective Zero is not 988 or the Veteran Crisis Line. As Betsy identified during our conversation, it is much more an upstream intervention with the goal of keeping those who are struggling from getting to a place of being in a crisis where the threat of self-harm is imminent. While the Objective Zero ambassadors are trained peer support specialists and the entire platform is clinically informed, that is not the same thing as trained crisis support specialists who staff the crisis lines like 988 or the Veteran Crisis Line. The crisis lines have clinical providers on staff and available at all times and have connections to resources for immediate intervention and processes for dealing with those situations. That's beyond the scope of Objective Zero. At the same time, Objective Zero and other programs that provide access to trained peer support specialists play an important role in suicide prevention for those who may not be fully in crisis or a way for someone who is hesitant to access the crisis line to be more comfortable with the idea. So if you're working with the military and veteran support space and not familiar with Objective Zero, check them out and consider how you may engage with them to support those you work with and those you care for. So I hope you appreciated this conversation with Betsy. We would appreciate hearing from you. So if you do have some feedback, let us know. Drop a review in your podcast player of choice or send us an email at info at We're always glad to hear from listeners, both feedback on the show and suggestions for future guests. For this week's PsychArmor Resource of the Week, I'd like to share the PsychArmor course Supporting a Veteran in Crisis. This course is designed for businesses to educate them on the differences between their veteran and civilian employees and ways to support their veteran employees. You can find a link to the resource in our show notes. So thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode. Make sure to take a look at the show notes, which you can find in the podcast app, as well as on the PsychArmor website, psychomer.org forward slash podcast. While you're there, you can find hundreds of online training videos delivered by nationally recognized subject matter experts who are committed to educating the civilian community about military culture. All of these courses are free to individual learners. You wouldn't be listening if you didn't care, and it's that curiosity and passion for supporting service members and their families that we want to encourage and increase. Come back each week for another conversation and make sure to engage with Psychummer on social media to let us know what you thought about the show. I'd like to express special thanks to Operation Encore and Navy Seahawk pilot Jerry Maniscalco for our theme song, Don't Kill the Messenger. This show was produced by Headspace and Timing, and all rights to the show remain reserved by PsychArmor. Much appreciation to the team at PsychArmor that makes the show happen. Carol Turner, Vice President of Strategic Communications, who keeps me on track and is an outstanding guest coordinator. Support and transcripts by Emma Atheroff. Feel free to share the show. In fact, we request that you do, but make sure to let folks know where you heard it. Join us next time for another great episode, and until then, stay aware, get educated, and be well.